Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 106th program of Think Again. This program is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're looking at the growing underclass in Australia and how our present political leadership is drumming up a cold war to deal with the possible political fallout. Listeners to last week's programme will remember how we discussed the rather blatant contradiction between the enthusiastic statements of some federal politicians about the Australian economy going gangbusters. There's talk about stock market figures in endlessly rising, numbers of unemployed shrinking right down, and exports of our mining products making us even wealthier than before. Well, a few of us anyway. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, research and our guest in last week's programme have been offering figures and stories showing that the real-life situation of a lot of people in Australia and elsewhere has been worsening mm. during the COVID period. Yeah, and, and it continues to worsen. Yeah, as we heard from Megan Skill sharing her working experience with us, lots of people are struggling so what is going on here? People who are struggling to pay their bills and stay housed and who listen to the bragging of our politicians and who read the headlines in the daily press must be scratching their heads. Yeah, well, there's a reality that they're living with and the reality that they're hearing about in the daily news and they're two, obviously two different things, especially with our right-wing uh, press full of announcements rejoicing in the success of the economy and I guess of the coalition government in Canberra um, doing this yeah for all of us <laughs> and of course demonstrating the ostensible success of our current brand of uber capitalism yeah which brings us back to the very real issue of growing inequality we've talked a lot about across a lot of programs Probably we haven't used the word underclass so much. And um, by that I mean the swelling ranks of people who can't afford the basic necessities of life. And this is even for people who are employed, increasingly, as we know, precarious, casualised, underpaid and underemployed. And, and this growth of an underclass is first and foremost, I guess, an issue of fairness the goods produced through the efforts of all of us in our society are not fairly distributed, and that's getting worse too. And it, but all, this situation also represents, I think, an almost silently expanding humanitarian crisis mm. that isn't making it to the mainstream yeah, media. Of course, our smug and self-entitled political leaders in, who are in power, they should realise that it represents a political problem for them. 
one that can't be dealt with by just declaring that the economy is going gangbusters and that most people are employed, or using other ways in which to divert attention from what's really going on for and with a lot of people. Yeah, well, we've seen the fallout from that everywhere across the world with masses of people feeling left behind, unable to even catch up, no matter how hard they try, and, and this has been translating into a lot of populist movements, revolts even across the world. Yeah, with Trumpism in the United States being the most notorious, but certainly not the only one. Yeah, so when politicians and companies boast about the numbers of jobs they've created, we should be wondering what is behind that particular piece of advertising. Yeah, especially when conservative politicians make these claims. Claims They implicitly suggest that those who are left behind have only themselves to blame. After all, giving the maxim of mutual obligation they pipe a lot about, they pretend that they did their bit, mm. they as a government. So now it's up to those needing a job to have a go, yeah. in that infamous kind of a quote from our Prime Minister, and get one and a job, that, mean, that means, and everything will be hunky-dory. Yeah. It's a pernicious blaming the victim game. Yeah, well, Jacques, we will come back to that. Mm. But we did want to highlight some of the research coming out that tells us what many of us know from the real world and from experience. Not everyone is benefiting from the pretend economic recovery. The rich, and it's true, the older Dutch, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Yeah, seemingly a recurring theme in many of our programmes. Emma Dawson from Per Capita wrote a great piece in The Age on the 24th of June. She titled it, The Economy Isn't Working for All. Uh, The subheading she used says it all. Quote, the real cost of living is rising faster than wages, which means the economy is not working for far too many of us, Mm. unquote. And the problem existed well before COVID. So we don't really want to, should be, bouncing back to that situation, which is something the government would love us to forget as well. Uh, As well, uh, Emma Dawson, she also cites economist Ross Garnold's analysis, which stretches from 2013 to 2020, While the economy continued to grow according to the figures usually used, and I quote again, the gains were unevenly distributed, with wealth accumulating at the top of the the income pile, while average households saw their real incomes decline, unquote. Yeah, so if you saw your standard of living slip from 2013, you're not imagining it. And then Dawson again refers to a new analysis by the Australian Bureau of Statistics, revealing that the cost of meeting our basic needs has risen twice as much as the cost of things that we buy with money left over, luxury items or whatever, if there, of course, is any money left. So for the lowest 20% of earners, spending on essential things takes up 100% of their income. For the richest 20% of people, essential costs are about 60% of their income. Yeah, so I guess the point is that people on the lowest incomes now spend 100% of their incomes on essential items, while people on the highest incomes spend much less on essential items. 
uh, 60% of their income, which is a big difference. Mm. So as listeners on Centrelink payments would already know, this means that after paying for the cost of essentials, there is no money left for anything else. And I would add to that, because Centrelink payments are set way below the poverty mm. level, yeah. no matter how you measure it, it isn't even meeting the costs of That's essential right. items. That's right. And, and essential meaning particularly also housing, food, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The stuff you really need to survive. To live, yeah. Another yeah. piece of research explains why everything is not as sweet as our leaders and the mainstream media tell us. Last week already I referred to research by the Brotherhood of Brother of St. Lawrence, mm -hmm. <laughs> published under the title... BSL. Yes, that's right. Shocks and Safety Nets. Their research examined a very unequal fin financial recovery from the economic consequences of the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. The research found that the financial resilience of people on the lowest incomes were disproportionately decimated by COVID, including their ability to meet basic expenses. Yeah, so people on the lowest incomes have come out of COVID a lot worse. And there was yeah. a great reluctance on the part of the government to extend the still very selective support measures they have introduced. So, Jacques, you mean like uh, job seekers? Yeah, yeah job exactly. supplements? Yep, that lot. Uh, at the same time, we've heard many, many stories about wealthy companies retaining these JobKeeper subventions in spite of the significant growth in profit they recorded during COVID. And when caught, many refused to pay them back, instead diverting them into the pockets of their already wealthy, mostly wealthy shareholders. Or full spread advertising in the age, yeah. <laughs> it would seem. That's right. So we'll now go to some music, Righteous Ones by Blue King Brown. Big wave, big 
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the expanding underclass in Australia who can't make ends meet no matter how much they try and what governments are pretending to do about it. Mm, pretending being the key word there, mm, Exactly. And how are our political leaders responding to the stories and reports of increasing hardship and struggle? Well, it's not just by telling us that the economy is going off like a rocket. We also have the increasing drums of war, mm. the oldest and most dangerous trick in the book of yeah. diversion. Yeah, that's right. Find a common enemy and deflect attention away from yourself to them. Then put yourself forward as a strong saviour against the threat which yeah. you've conjured up. Mm. That's textbook stuff. Quite a few commentators have been scratching their heads as to why our PM Scott Morrison has been running ahead of some of the international pack in provoking Beijing, especially running ahead of the, the, the Five Eyes Anglosphere, the English-speaking post-imperial pack, the mm. US, the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, even talking about it as Five Eyes, I find insulting. <laughs> Whatever happened to quiet, strategic and a more balanced diplomacy that considers historical precedent and the complexity of the overall situation. Yeah, or, or the wisdom of de-escalation. Mm. And, and de-escalation is when you don't respond to shows of aggression with greater shows of aggression, which ramps up the situation and escalates the danger for everyone. Yeah, and some commentators have said as much especially New Daily commentators Michael Pascoe, John Bongiorno and Josh uh, Butler. They have mm. deeply questioned the present clueless policy development and the damaging political sloganeering. Yeah, well, we had Scott Morrison calling for more investigation into the origins of COVID and into the possible Wuhan lab origin of the coronavirus. So, yeah. and, and everyone's, a lot of people are saying why Yes, leading that, of, that led, of course, to an other Chinese outburst. Yeah, so really clueless. As, and especially as knowing the real origin of COVID is not actually necessary for dealing with pandemics. Hmm. So as Linda Jalvin pointed out in the Saturday paper last week in a really good article, uh, quote, we may never know where COVID-19 comes from. The good news is that to prevent another outbreak we don't need to, unquote. In any case, she argues, all nations doing research into viruses should tighten, need to tighten their biosecurity standards in any case, and all countries should tightly regulate the use of wild animals for human consumption in any case as well. That's right, and we should not deflect attention from the other ecological reasons for COVID and the outbreaks, especially the loss of habitat for wild animals, for the emergence, which is basically, we know, is one of the reasons for the emergence of ep epidemics and pandemics. Yeah, so, um, yes, Jalvin also states that it's important to develop and maintain global cooperation to deal with the underlying issue of climate change based on relationships of trust. And, of course, building relationships of trust is what diplomacy is meant to do. So yeah. why aren't we turning to our di diplomats and diplomacy? <laughs> That's right. As for our PM's criticism of China's human rights record, where do I start? <laughs> 
yes, we should definitely take a principled stand on human rights violations, just as the terrible treatment of Uyghurs, 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 which many refer to as genocide. But our hypocrisy on this is all too clear. Yeah, except, of course, for those emperors who don't realise they're wearing no clothes. We need to look no further than the indefinite detention and abysmal treatment of people seeking asylum here, not to mention our historical treatment and present treatment of Aboriginal people and so many other peoples, including, by the way, the Chinese. Mm -hmm. They also came here to this country to also try and make a living. And none of the members of the Anglosphere has no dirt on on their hands or Mm -hmm. on its hands. Canada is just discovering, for example, what has happened to its indigenous peoples, now having to admit to have been committing, and they call it, deliberate Deliberate genocide. genocide, Which is, genocide is deliberate, Mm, but it doesn't emphasise the point. That's correct. And China, of course, hasn't forgotten the treatment of its own people by British imperialists over 170 years of what they call years of humiliation, Mm. uh, including the inducement of opium addiction in the Chinese population in exchange for silver for the empire. And that's historical fact. That's correct. So we're all well past a point when we can use human rights as a stick to wave around internationally at others, especially the variety of human rights entirely focused on individual rights and ignoring the social and collective rights in the ambit of mm. the human rights establishment. But that's a theme we should have a full program dedicated yeah, to. Yeah, and we certainly will. Mm. Hi, I'm Kutcher Edwards. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison radio series where we share the mic with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates in Victorian prisons. We started in 2002, and this year marks 20 years on the air. Be sure to tune in at 11am each morning from Monday, July the 5th to Friday, July the 9th for Beyond the Bars 2021 broadcast. For more information, head to our website, 3cr.org, au forward slash beyond the bars thoughts within visions I see daring to dream my destiny You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. And our first time in the studio since last March. Oh, second second time. time in that's my right. first. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about the expanding underclass in Australia and our growing inequality and how our leaders are distracting us with phony statements about how well we're going while they conjure up enemies abroad. So, again, what's going on here with all of these attacks on China? Well, there are a few voices broadening their critique and asking questions about the deeper reasons why the attacks have intensified during the last several years. And that could help us think a little bit about this. Yeah, well, thankfully, because the lack of good critique in the mainstream media like The Age, I would say, is actually very much 
part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Apart from the journalist in the New Daily I mentioned before, William Robertson, professor, distinguished professor at the University of California at Santa Barbara, he wonders in the Roar magazine of early May this year, and I quote, what are the real reasons behind the new Cold War? And in the subtitle, he summarizes the gist of his argument, quote, the US is launching a new Cold War against Russia and China in an attempt to deflect our attention from the escalating crisis of global capitalism, unquote. Mm, and and that's, that's a pretty clear and blatant statement, mm -hmm. and so I'm going to repeat it. The US is launching a new Cold War against Russia and China in an attempt to deflect our attention from the escalating crisis of global capitalism. Mm. Couldn't be mm. clearer. Exactly. Mm. And since we are sort of moving yet again to the end of our program today to conclude our discussion for today, it is worthwhile to more extensively quote from uh, Robertson article, uh, Robertson's article mm -hmm. as it links with the issue we started last and today's program with. And I quote, and it's a long one, in the US, and we add Australia to this, of you course, do, for yeah. us, the ruling groups most channel fear over tenuous survival away from the system and towards scapegoated communities as we do here with uh, refugees and so on, and towards external enemies such as China and Russia. At the same time, rising international tensions legitimate, legitimate expanding military and security budgets, mm -hmm. and they open up new opportunities for profit-making through war, political conflict and repression in the face of stagnation, and we would call it even of, of falling back in the civilian economy. Yeah, so, so drumming up war is not then just a political manoeuvre to distract our attention from the, uh, the attention of the growing underclass, but really a set piece for profit makers and to stimulate the economy. And I just say, what? <laughs> well, really? uh, another, another American scholar, Robert Reich, he wrote in The Guardian, or it was uh, an article of his came in The Guardian, and he concurs with all of this, saying, and I quote, the greatest danger we face today is not coming from China. It is our drift towards proto-fascism. Mm. We must be careful not to demonize China so much that we encourage a new paranoia that further distorts our priorities encourages nativism and xenophobia mm -hmm. and leads to larger military outlays rather than public investments in education, infrastructure and basic research on which America's and I would say Australia's future prosperity and security critically depends. Yeah. Unquote, and surely, as I said, that would fully apply to Australia as well. Yeah, so there are lots of examples on the home front of paranoia and xenophobia and meaning fear of other groups, and with this being used to get support for more military spending. That's correct, and there we're starting to answer the earlier question. Why has it been necessary for those who govern us politically and by those who spread and control the news channels to take the lead in stoking the fires of animosity about China if there would be nothing to hide in our own place? 
we surely will be coming back to this in following programs. We certainly will. Mm -hmm. So it's now time for our community service announcements. Next week, uh, 4th to the 11th of July, is NADOC week. NADOC week happens every July, or happens July every year in Australia, and it celebrates uh, history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Um, so to find events in your area, you can go to the NADOC website, and I'll spell that for people who don't know, N-A-I-D-O-C, that's NADOC. And I should mention too, there's a free Palestine rally in Melbourne, 1 p.m. Saturday, 3rd of July, at the State Library, at the State Library, 328 Swanson Street. Thanks again to all of those who have been supporting our program and 3CR over the last couple of weeks. It's still open. You can still continue to do so if you may have forgotten or uh, <laughs> if you probably have found a little Lots bit more money. money. That's right. Anyway, thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us a, a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can call, you can email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available on podcast wherever you get your podcast from and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Mm. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of Indian independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.